0: Welcome to Walking Free, Pastor Doug. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great, Pastor Evan. Thank you so much for uh, yeah, we're happy to have you this here. opportunity. To share. So,
0: today's program is about knowing God's will in your life and how to make good decisions. And uh, I know a lot of people will, will struggle with this. I even have in my own life. So, when was a time you had a difficult decision in your life to make, and how did you know it was what God wanted you to do?
1: Well, it seems like uh, as my responsibilities increase, the difficult decisions are almost daily. A few stand out. When I was younger, I had decisions to make uh, more than once about taking different calls or not. You know, just it meant driving to Texas or driving to California for potential life, (laughs) life and work. And just some big uh, decisions I was faced with where you're, you know, you're having to grapple between two good options. You know, it's, the decisions we struggle with, if you're a Christian, typically are not do I lie or not to lie. We know God's will in those areas. Whether we follow or not, we know what it is. You know, there's some things that are very clear in the Word of God. We don't have to struggle with what is God's will about whether or not I should steal or what is God's will about whether or not I should use His name in vain. We know the answer to that. So we're starting right out just deciding how do we know God's will in some of the nebulous areas where you've got to choose between two good options or just not knowing what the right option is. I found that the most important and the biggest struggle in knowing God's will is being willing to do completely surrendered and willing to do whatever he shows you. The number one on the list is, Lord, I am willing to do whatever it is you want me to do once you make it clear. And once a person can get through the battle of saying, I am totally surrendered to do whatever you want me to do, don't give God limitations and criteria. Then it really becomes his responsibility to show us. Jesus said in the Gospel of John, if any man is willing to do his will, he will know of the doctrine, whether it be of God. I've always found that once you get past step number one, the other steps are easier. But there are I've got about ten or twelve steps that, you know, you can find principles in the Bible to discovering God's will. Providence is one of them. You know, you just asked me, Evan, about a time in my life. Uh, once I was, uh, I'd was, i finished my work at uh, La Vida Mission, I had an invitation to go to work with the heritage singers, and I was excited about that, but I just had an inner sense that maybe God wanted me to do something different, but I didn't know what it was. Had the whole family packed and loaded. The truck was in the mission parking lot, and I'm ready to drive out, and I got a call from Texas. They had no idea that I was loaded and ready to drive to California that very morning, and Cyril Miller, who was then the president of the Texas Conference, he said, Doug, we We wanted to know if you'd be interested in a call to come to Coleman, Texas, pastor a couple of churches, and I just knew it was from the Lord. We totally changed direction from going to California. We went to Texas that very day. So sometimes God tells us providentially what he wants us to do. And as soon as you tell the Lord, no, I don't want to ever do that. And then when I first went to work in the Indian mission there on the reservation, we promised we'd come look at it and just planned on looking for a few minutes and saying, no, we don't want to do this. When we pulled into the mission yard with our little car and trailer, the wheel fell off of our car. I mean, we're halfway between California and Texas, and the wheel fell off of our car. And we had to spend two days to find a bearing, and then we discovered God wanted us to stay there. But the Lord had to just take the wheel he took off the our wheel car. Off your car. Take a serious <laughs> look at it. You know, it could have fallen off uh, one of uh, several thousand miles, it could have fallen off, but it fell off as we pulled into the mission yard. So, you know, what are the chances? So God sometimes providentially, he'll guide you if you say, Lord, I'm willing to do your will. He opens doors and he closes doors and he sometimes pushes you a little bit. You know, you don't want to use your Bible like a roulette wheel where you just flip open your Bible and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? And you point. I know it's worked for people before, and I've probably done it before, but it's I've been that's not the best too. way to discover God's will. <laughs> yeah, you just you feel like, Lord, I need an answer. Shall I pray and flip a coin? Just uh, being surrendered to doing His will. And, you know, when you know you're in the middle of God's will, you don't ever have to be afraid. David Livingston used to say, you know, he'd go to sleep at night and he'd hear lions roaring on one side of his tent and he'd hear the drums of angry natives on the other side of his tent and he'd he'd go to sleep and he said, I'd sleep like a baby because I knew I was where God wanted me to be. And he died uh, of natural causes. So uh, just knowing you're in the middle of God's will is, I think, uh, very important. So the fleeces, casting out the fleeces like Gideon, that ought to be few and far between. Sometimes you just say, Lord, I want some guidance. We're going to pray and he will open doors and shut doors. We've seen that happen many times. Just knowing that the will of God and being surrendered. And by the way, that verse is John 7, 17. If we're willing to do his will, God then shows us. And of course, looking at the word of God, Sometimes you'll be searching the word for guidance and God will show you a Bible promise and you just know that God is telling you through this scripture, this is what he wants you to do. And sometimes it'll be a scripture that convicts you. Sometimes it'll be one that comforts you. Something else, Evan, I found really helpful is the Bible says, in the multitude of counselor, there's safety. That's Proverbs 11:14. 14. And find good Christian people of experience and ask them, sometimes you'll think oh man I'd love to do this and and they'll say you know Doug that doesn't I don't think that's what you're called to do and you get enough people telling you that and you might think hey god's talking to me through this the wisdom of these people they know me i can't say i'm always willing to listen but that's one of the things that you uh, you need to do is get some good christian counsel of people who you think are connected with god they're in his word look at the providential openings pray i know that sounds passé but an obvious but if we seek, he says, we'll find, And that sometimes patience is part of the equation. Sometimes God wants you to just do what's closest to at hand persistently until he opens the next door. And so just be patient. You might fast and pray. The Bible tells us in the book of Acts, the disciples were wanting to know the will of God. And so they fasted and they prayed. And God directed them, closed one door, and directed them in a whole new direction up to Macedonia. Then trust in the Lord. Have faith. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 it says, in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. But that begins by saying, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean in your own understanding. Just have faith that you're in God's will and that um, he's going to guide you if you're his child. You know, I've often found, you read the Bible, the Lord sometimes doesn't tell you what he wants you to do until the last minute. There's a Russian proverb, I don't know how to say it in Russian, but the equivalent is, God is never late, but he's seldom early. Meaning that sometimes you have to wait till you're at the Red Sea and you've got a bunch of angry Egyptians chasing you in chariots. And you got an ocean in front and mountains on both sides. And it's like at the last minute, suddenly God parts the sea. He moves the mountains. He waits until you're a little thirsty before the water comes out of the rock. He waits until you're a little hungry before the bread comes out of heaven. You just sometimes have to wait until and, and he opens the door. And then, you know, you pray and you say, Lord, I've got two good decisions. Which one will glorify you? So just say, you know, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and ask yourself, how how will God be glorified in the decision? Pray that the Holy Spirit will lead you. Sometimes, and I, you got to be very careful with this one, but you know, sometimes people will say, well, I feel it in my heart. You can't always trust your heart, but the Holy Spirit does speak to us in our hearts and you will feel an inner voice that will make you uncomfortable with one decision. You just feel convicted. It's just not, you don't have peace about it. And then you have another the indicator where you've got peace that God is guiding you. I remember hearing a story where Arabs years ago, when they were lost in the desert, they used to keep a dove with them, kind of a homing pigeon. And they'd let it go. And, you know, pigeons just know how to find their way home. But they kept a thread. This is before they had compasses. They kept a thread attached to the dove, a long little rope, and the dove would always pull and wow. tug in the direction of home. And when they were caught in a the cell, they could release the dove and it would tug. And it's kind of like when you know you got a fish on the line, you feel that tugging. So sometimes the Holy Spirit will tug you in a particular direction. One example of that is you read in Acts 16, where Paul says, The Spirit said, go here and don't go there. And then I mentioned patience already. And this is one I don't put at the top of my list. If I were to do things in priority, I don't know what the top should be. But the close to the top is be surrendered. And I don't know what the bottom would be. But close to the bottom of the list, I would say, what do you want to do? Cuz you do read in Psalms 37 that he'll give you the desires of your heart. And when you're exploring God's will, there's another Psalm verse 20 or chapter 20 verse 4, he'll grant you according to your heart's desire. Sometimes the Lord will just put a desire in your heart for something. One example for me would be in ministry, I just felt a real desire that God was calling me into media that it was a great way to multiply the message. And I grew up with a mother that was using media and you know, I just felt real comfortable with it. Yeah, and God worked it out. You know, and I look back and say that was God put that desire in my heart and he blessed it. He puts desires in people's hearts. Now I've just been rambling.
0: This has been fantastic. You know, I, I had a few questions, but you covered uh, a lot of it. You know, I, I really liked what you said about uh, God putting a desire in our heart. That's actually one thing that God has put in my heart is that I really enjoy uh, radio and I enjoy ways of mass communication. So uh, it's something I'm I'm looking into.
1: Yeah, it's a wonderful way to to communicate. And then sometimes for a person after you get you go through these different criteria if you're analytical my wife is the accountant in the family. When we were trying to decide whether or not to get married, we went through a bunch of these things and praying for God's guidance. We wanted to make sure we were in God's will. We actually had a huh. pros and a con list. You know, sometimes you make a list and you look at all the evidence, you say, wow, God's giving me a lot of evidence in this direction and a lot of red flags in this direction. And you just, you know, Jesus said, uh, you, sometimes you need to do accounting. You kind of add things up. Yeah, that up.
0: makes sense. And, uh, you know, you mentioned something earlier about the Spirit saying something to the apostles and Acts and in Acts eight twenty nine it says the spirit said to Philip, Go near and join yourself to this chariot. Well for the people who aren't familiar with this story, it's it's when Philip is told to go to the Ethiopian eunuch, share the gospel with him and, and clarify a few things. Uh Pastor Doug, have you ever had an experience like that where the spirit has directly told you something? Absolutely.
1: I'll tell you one. I've had many. You know, I've I've had impressions to go talk to someone and that I don't normally have and they were on the verge of accepting the Lord, and they just needed someone to ask them. But I remember one time I woke up one morning, and it was actually Easter Sunday, and I felt impressed to go to this Sunday church in our community. And I I felt impressed I was supposed to go there and preach. Now, th- this is, for an Adventist pastor, that's kind of strange, but I couldn't shake it. And I thought, well, Doug, you're crazy, but I better do it because I just, the Lord, the Spirit I know now was not letting me have peace. And so told my wife I said you know I'm going to church and she kind of shrugged and said okay I got up and I went to the local faith tabernacle and I went in the back and they were part way through their beginning of their worship service and they were doing testimonies and praying and And the pastor saw me, and it's a small community. He recognized me, and he said, Pastor Doug is here, brother. Do you have a testimony for us? I said, Pastor, you know, us preachers, I can't just say a word. Why don't you come up and preach? And I couldn't believe it. I had just walked in the door. I had felt impressed I was supposed to go preach there. And I walk in the door, and that little exchange happens. And I said, are you serious? He said, come on up.
0: That's amazing.
1: And so I came up, and I preached. I made an altar call, because I... I knew how the church operated. I used to go to Charismatic Church. And after the service, the pastor told me, he says, you know, I've been having heart problems this week, and I had no sermon prepared. And when you came into the door, it was an answer to prayer for me. He had been praying. He had no sermon prepared because of some health problems that week. And I was impressed to come and to preach. I think I just preached in the Mary Magdalene. So, you know, I didn't do like the mark of the beast or anything. And, you know, it just... I really sensed the Holy Spirit that day telling me something that really became obvious in hindsight. So I've had many experiences
0: That's an amazing experience. So the the Spirit can even speak to us directly, and it it sounds like there's a huge blessing in listening.
1: You know, and and having shared that story, I should say, when I get to heaven, I'm probably going to find a lot of times when God's Spirit led me and I didn't listen. And I lost opportunities because I was afraid, or you thought, this is crazy. And I wish I could say I've always listened to those impressions, but we've got to be sensitive to it. And, you know, Abraham knew the voice of God when he said, Go sacrifice your son. So we need to recognize that. Yeah, Jesus
0: says that his sheep will hear his voice. And, well, I have another question. God has a will for us, but there's also an enemy in the background, too, who also has a will for us. And how does the enemy, the devil, trick us into following his will rather than God's?
1: Well, when the Spirit speaks to us through the word and through Christian counsel and through providence, if we continue to turn the volume down, it says if, if there's a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof is the way of death. In other words, we might say, this is what I want to do. If we keep turning off the Holy Spirit, the Bible tells us, I'm trying to remember, it's in Thessalonians where it said that if we receive not a love of the truth, then God will allow us to believe a lie. So when we push away the truth, the only thing that's left after you reject light is darkness. And, you know, if we ever want to know God's will for us, Jesus is god's will for us you probably know the story of the demoniac this crazed man uh you know i think in matthew's gospel it says yeah, there's that's two one men of my favorite stories it says there's one man but yeah you got this guy that's just totally deranged he's naked he's living in the tombs he's surrounded by pigs and and uh crying always covered with chains and that's god's will for uh that's the devil's will for us i should say that man came to jesus jesus is god's will for us to be like christ If you want to know what the devil's will is for you, if you have the image of God erased from man, he becomes a raving animal. That man, living with the tombs, a symbol of death, living with the pigs, a symbol of uncleanness, cutting himself, crying, chains, all symbols. He was alone. He was isolated. That is what the devil does. He isolates us. We're wounding ourselves. We're crying inside. We're covered with scars. And it's just a pitiful picture of Satan's plan. But that man came to Jesus just like he was, and Christ set him free and cleansed him, and, and he Amen. commissioned him, and he can do that for us.
0: If you don't mind, could you do a, a quick run-through of those, of those steps you mentioned earlier on how to know God's will for your life?
1: Well, let me see if I can remember them. Um, being willing to be surrendered would be the first one. Studying the Word. the You know, the Word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path, and so it guides us. Look for providential openings. Pray, of course. And that may mean, on serious questions, fast and pray. But really, uh, you know, invest prayer into it. Look for decisions that would bring glory to God. Be guided by the Spirit, that inner voice. Be patient. Sometimes you can't say, well, I asked and I don't know. Well, you might need to wait. Uh, So waiting upon the Lord... Bible tells us. And patience is one of the gifts he gives you. Find out if God's placed a particular desire in your heart. He may be impressing you with a a, a hunger to do something particular. And that's him. And then you might do an accounting of the whole thing. Just pray. And sometimes, and then, you know, one more thing I didn't mention. When you still remain in doubt and you got good decisions, say, all right, Lord, I don't want to push you, but I got to make a decision. I don't want to make the wrong decision, but I got to make a decision. Take the first steps in one of two directions, whatever those decisions are, and you might find after you begin to take steps, doors close and doors open. So as you begin to walk in a certain direction, all of a sudden, the light begins to shine and God says, yep, I was waiting for you to take the first steps. This is the way to go. And you got peace. Or all of a sudden, the door may slam. You say, okay, well, that answers my question. So you just got to take the first steps.
0: Yeah. So you're saying you just got to take action sometimes, and then and God will work with that. Wow.
1: And I can think of many wow. times in my life when I just said, "Look, I just can't." It's it's like those uh, lepers in Second Kings. They said, "Are we going to sit here till we die? We got to do something." And so they said, "Well, let's get up and go to the Assyrians and find out what happens." And God ended up blessing them above. That's, I think they that's a really imagine.
0: powerful lesson, especially. Uh, I know for myself, uh, I can struggle with decision paralysis acting can sometimes be better than doing nothing
1: yeah you find that god always chose people of activity when god called gideon he wasn't sitting he was threshing wheat when god called amos he was collecting sycamore fruit when he called peter they were fishing or cleaning their nets uh you know what i'm saying when he called elijah he was out plowing god calls people that are busy doing something so we can't just sit on our hands
0: and say well i'm waiting (laughs) on the lord (laughs) well uh Oh, Thanks for all this great Im- information, Pastor Doug. And uh, I have one last question for you. What is an amazing fact from your life?
1: An amazing fact from my life? Well, the thing that amazes me the most is that the Lord and I know what a mess <laughs> I am, and he still seems to use me.
0: And that to me is that's yeah, pretty he, amazing. He really
1: is. And in, in spite of the times that we fail him, we still see lives can be changed through us. So I, I just I praise the Lord for his patience and Amen. that he uses us.
0: Yeah, thanks for joining us on Walking Free today, Pastor Doug, and I'm sure everyone's going to be blessed by this.